Thanks for listening to the Wellspring Church Podcast. Amen, amen. Why don't you have a seat? Good morning. They're all quiet. I know, I know. They're like, what's happening right now? I don't usually come up here with him. <laughs> if you're a guest today, my name's Trey Kelly. You met me earlier. I'm the pastor here. And uh, this is my wife, Danielle. Oh, we are so excited to be with you today. And if it is your very first time, this is not how we normally teach. We don't always teach together, but we're super excited about what God wants to do today. And so we're just honored that you're here with us. And if you're new to our church, um, you might not know a whole lot about the two of us. And so um, to get started this morning, we just kind of wanted to let you know a little bit about us. We have been married for 20 years, 20 years in April. We got married at 12. Yeah. <laughs> and we have, um, we've actually been in ministry together for all 20 of those years, which is, gosh, such a privilege. Um, and we have three awesome teenage boys um, who are some of our favorite people to spend time with as teenagers. So we feel so incredibly um, blessed by that. And um, we're just, again, honored that you're here with us today and want to sit with us during this time. So... What do you, stop, you're making me nervous. You're just staring at me. <laughs> if me staring at you makes you nervous, we have a problem. <laughs> um, no, I'm just excited. I always, I, um, I love teaching with my wife. She is uh, world-class. She is Aww. brilliant. She is amazing. Um, she does not particularly love being on the stage. And it's true, so, but I love all of you, and I'm thankful that yeah. we get to have this conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, 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 and um, if you were here last week, you know we started a brand new series called Your Next Step, and it's a series about uh, hopefully reframing the way we think about our relationship with Jesus. Because, I mean, like you said, you know, we've been ministry 20 years together. Uh, I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't attend church. And so what I've learned in my life is there can come a point where Christians who are kind of veterans, OGs, can begin to believe, hey, I've arrived. I've sort of, I've sort of hit my limit. I, I, I'm good. And one of the things we're trying to talk about in the series is, no, 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 there's always a next step uh, for us to take. And so if you missed last week and, and you want to go back and catch up, grab our app. It's a great way to stay connected with us. Um, we put all our content there. And also, we really kind of honed in last week on a call of Jesus that we're going to talk about really for the next month. Uh, and, and the call of Jesus for people who want to follow him is simple, that we choose to embrace this statement. I will deny myself in devotion to my Savior. Uh, and that is not a one-time choice. It is the first choice but as we saw last week, and hopefully as we're going to see over the next few weeks, it's a daily choice. Mm -hmm. It's a moment-by-moment -moment choice. It's an invitation to, to embrace Jesus in every area of our life. And, and one of the reasons we're sharing today is, um, some of you know this, I, I, I plan way in advance, and I write in advance. And so she knew I was doing a series about next steps. And if you know me, my next steps are all going to be proactive and moving forward and getting it done. And Danny was like, okay, if we're going to do that, I have to speak one of the weeks. <laughs> um, and, and I'm so glad that, that she is because I believe the, 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 really the truth you've learned 
in your life that we're going to share today. Uh, I think it might be the most impactful message of this entire series um, because uh, what we're going to talk about today, no matter where you are in your life, been a Christian for 20 years or don't even really know much about Jesus. By the way, if that is you, man, I'm so honored that you're here. Mm -hmm. Uh, I say this all the time. We designed our church to be a safe place for people who don't know Jesus to come and get their questions answered about Jesus. And so ask all you want. This is a safe place to kick the tires of faith. No one's going to expect you to know more than you do, to believe more than you do. Uh, We just want to be the safest place in Myrtle Beach for people to ask their questions about God because we know if you ask the questions and you're open to him answering, he'll, he'll give you answers. It'll change your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what's true of every single one of us in the room. And so I'm really excited today to talk about what we believe is probably one of the most crucial next steps every single one of us in the room can take. Yes, and it starts with us being honest, being completely honest with where you're sitting today. Um, we can't take next steps in our life until we can accurately look at where we are in our life. And so one of my favorite ways to do this, I'd love to teach you this exercise this morning very quickly. I learned it from my counselor. Um, and it's just a really cool exercise for us to kind of just sit for a second and think about where we really are today, right where you are in this room. Um, so you're going to have to use your imagination, though. Can y'all do that with me this morning? Okay, good. I see a few head nods. Use your imagination. So I want you to pretend you're at your house, your home, wherever you live, and someone lands a helicopter right outside your door. Yeah. I would not be Uh-oh. excited about that. I don't love heights, but some of you may be, but you get a chance to get in the helicopter, and the pilot takes you just where you're hovering over your house. So you can see from that perspective in your helicopter what your life actually looks like. Because sometimes stepping out of the day-to-day and really looking at where we are is the only way we know how to ask God for our next step. So I want you to think about that for a minute in your life. Imagine yourself in the helicopter. He's hovering over your house and you're getting to take a peek at what's really going on, honestly, in your life today. And while you're doing that, I want to kind of tell you what I see from my helicopter, okay? So first of all, oh my gosh, so many blessings. When I get that perspective, oh, I see the handiwork of God's of God in my life. So many blessings, so many amazing people, so many good gifts. So many things that I honestly do try to think about more than anything else um, in my life is to focus on those things. But when we're honest about our life, when we really look at it, it doesn't mean we're always just looking at the good things that are happening. We also see other things. And for me, one of the things I see when I'm in my helicopter is one that I really, really don't like. So this is sort of your invitation to be completely honest. You can look at the things in your life that you love where you are, and you can look at the things in your life that you might not love. One of the ones that comes up for me that I believe is probably true in your life as well is limitations. And we're going to define limitations today like this. Constraints or restrictions that slow or impede our ability to perform certain actions or achieve certain goals. Okay, guys, church family, when I was preparing for this message, the more I read this definition of what limitations are over and over and over again, I started having a visceral reaction (laughs) to some of the words in it. I mean, constraints, restrictions, 
that just feels like somebody is trying to have control over me, and I do not like that. Push back right away. I can, some of you are like, oh, yeah, I get you. Uh, <laughs> slow and impeding. We are Americans. Those are not things that we value. Slow is not something that we Americans value very much. America. America. I was waiting for you to do that. Yeehaw. 20 years in, you know all the jokes. I was like, he's going to say America. Um, but it's true. If we're honest with our life, these are things we don't love, but yet they're things that are there. And then performing certain actions and achieving certain goals, if we're really honest, isn't that what gets us out of bed in the morning? The performance and the achievement like, really, I don't have to get out of bed if I'm not performing or achieving something today is how we might feel, right? And our limitations speak directly into these words, the limitations in our life. Maybe, maybe you say it like this, God, if this wasn't part of my life, I could do blank so much more. I could do this. I could do that if this limitation wasn't in my life. And I unfortunately, um, in a way, unfortunately, um, have a lot of experience around the limitations. And I hate them. I hate the limitations in my life. And I wake up every day with some pretty big limitations. Um, so while you're thinking about yours, I want to share you, with you a little bit about mine. And it begins with my health. Um, I always grew up being very active. I think I started taking dance at two years old, um, which, by the way, performing and achieving are a part of my DNA when you start dance that early. Um, and so cheer, gymnastics, I excelled. I pushed myself. I was active. I was small, but I was strong. I was physically so strong. All the way to the college level, I, I excelled in these things. And then about the age of 30, which I know you teenagers in the room are like, oh, yeah, that's old. No, it is not old. I know you think it's old right now, but when you hit 30, you're like, I am a spring chicken. Um, and so about the age of 30, um, I began to experience some very big limitations physically in my life. And they started slowly. But over the next 15 years, they built so yeah, I do that math. I'm 45. I'm cool with it. Um, over the next 15 years, my health began to deteriorate at a, at a rapid pace. In the end, I ended up having several different autoimmune diseases um, that just basically means my body is attacking itself. And here's what that looks like daily in terms of limitations. I never know how I'm going to feel when I wake up in the morning. If you've ever had chronic fatigue, that's one of my symptoms, where you feel like you have a lead, like scuba suit on, that's sort of how it feels in your body. I deal with that most days. Um, I have a lot of joint pain and, and muscle weakness. Um, I have migraines, um, brain fog, which you might experience today. If I go, wait a minute, I don't remember what I was talking about, that cloudy thinking, it literally takes away my ability to read things and then comprehend them. Um, and oh, it's a limitation that just wrecked me. It's been very hard to, ex to, to accept that I was once so active and then my health, this limitation that just kept showing up in my life, and I didn't choose it. 
You know, there's like I can get on board with the ones I choose if I put myself in a situation where I'm like, hey, girl, you brought this on yourself. Deal with it, right? This was a limitation that I didn't choose, and I repeatedly kept saying, God, if this just wasn't in my life, then I could blank. And so today, we're going to kind of talk about the limitations in our life, and as you're thinking about yours, what are some limitations you might have? Yeah, so uh, as we think about limits in our lives, yours, again, you may identify completely with this story. Yeah. Uh, you may have very physical, health-related struggles. Um, your limitations are going to be things you don't like. Yeah. They're the things you wish you can get rid of. Um, again, it could be physical. It could be, be grief that you feel like you should be over and you're not. Uh, it could be worry. It could be anxiety. Um, it, it could be something completely external. Uh, it, it could be a limiting factor at work uh, that you have absolutely no control over, but, but you feel like it is holding you back from achieving what you could at work. It could be a limited school. It could be a coach that's not fair. It could be a teacher that doesn't like you. Um, it could be a life situation. You could be doing the best you can raising your child alone. And you didn't pick to be abandoned. But it's a limit. And hopefully what we're going to do today is learn not only why those are there, but what our next step is with those limits. Yes, and so what we're gonna, how we're gonna do that is we're gonna talk about how I didn't do it well, okay? So I'm gonna be completely vulnerable with you guys today. I just told you 15 years of declining health, 15 years. All 15 of those years, I was in ministry and following Jesus to the best of my ability. Every day, I was doing what I thought I could do, but there was one area of my life that I could never give control over, and it was where I was limited. I just kept fighting it. I did not want to accept it. And so instead of doing what I should have done, which was, okay, God, this is a part of my life, I just did a very mature thing and pretended like it wasn't there. Anyone ever done that? <laughs> any, uh, any queens of denial in oh, here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Queens I of denial, you know? Caffeine was my engine which is really not good if you have autoimmune diseases for all the health people in the room. You're like, well, that was oh, a can bad I tell idea. Them, it, was, it was Coke and Cheez-Its. Yes. <laughs> a super healthy snack. Yeah, copious amounts of coffee in the morning, and then I would switch to Coke, and it's what Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. I didn't get that far, but I understand how people do. Uh, and so I just pushed I I myself. That joke. Did you just make it? Wow. <laughs> we love to have fun here. Um, okay, so I did. That's we're I just, real people. I know we are. Right. We are. We do not have it all together. Um, but I did. You I made just, clear you didn't use that. I did. Right? Okay. Yes, I said. But I. Yeah, <laughs> I did say that. Um, but I just pretended like this, there wasn't a limit on my life. That's how frustrated I was by it. Do you have areas of your life that are like that where you're just so tired of them and they just keep showing up and you're like, nope, I'm just going to act like it's not there and keep going. Well, that worked for me um, until about 2019. 
I say worked for me. Whoo, it was not working, but I kept thinking it was working. And in 2019, um, our children at the time were 9, 12, and 14. So we had two boys in middle school. Um, and yeah. the church, yeah. <laughs> Any parents in the Ooh. room know that's not a season you sleep on. Um, you really don't have an option, it feels like, in that season to take a step back. Um, and the church was growing rapidly. We were working a lot. I had a lot of stressors in my life beyond that. And then one day... I just couldn't get out of bed. Like I physically, my legs wouldn't work. I couldn't move. I think I like crawled to my bathroom and tried to pull myself up. And I probably faked it through the morning and had to go straight back to bed. And for a whole month, this is pretty much how I lived. Um, and during this time, I want you to know, I was not just like, oh, I don't have anything wrong with me. I was seeking help from doctors. They just weren't able to figure out what was wrong with me. And so in, that, in the phase of them not knowing what was wrong with me, I was like, well, then we're just going to keep going until you figure out a pill I can take to make this better. Um, and so that month that I didn't get out of bed was really the first time that I was like, ooh, I might not be able to perform or achieve my way out of this one. And you would think, man, she's the pastor's wife. That's probably when she was like, Jesus, I really need your help. Nope. I was like, I'll begin to wrestle with this with you, God. You're not, that's it. I'm going to begin to talk to you about this. And what it really made me was angry. I had so much frustration around the fact that I couldn't figure out what was wrong and I didn't know how to get better and I just wanted to keep doing and living my life. Um, remember the helicopter that we started with when we're looking at our lives? Chronic illness for that college athlete was never part of the story. Oh, and one of the hardest parts for me was coming to the realization that some of the roles I valued the most, being a wife that was encouraging and active, being a member of this community that could do everything that she thought God wanted her to do, <laughs> very important to clarify that, um, especially for me as a mom. I did not want my children's story to be that they had a mom who couldn't get out of bed. I did not want that for them which was part of the reason I kept lying to myself. That's what I was doing. And I think maybe we can all admit today with our limitations, sometimes we lie to ourselves about them. And I was lying to the people around me. <laughs> that helicopter, looking down, I had two different lives. The way I really felt physically and the way I pretended to feel outside of it. Um, and the moment that I really realized I did not have a realistic view of my life and a realistic view of the limitations in my life was when I was riding in the car one day with our youngest son, Jacob. And if you don't know Jacob, um, he is... Just wait, you will. Uh, he is one of the most fun people you'll ever meet in life. Um, and I love to hang out with him. We were in the car one day, and he loves to ask random questions. I mean, they all have nothing to do with what we're talking about. Um, and he, this day, he leaned over, and he turned down the radio, and he said, Mom, 
What's one thing you've done more than anybody else in the world? And this is a very normal Jacob question. <laughs> What's one thing you've done more than anybody else in the world? And then as I was preparing to answer with some great, like, love you, or, you know, like a, <laughs> some sweet answer that I could give, he goes, he likes to do this to answer for you. Um, he said, is it take medicine? And I'll tell you guys, that is the moment I knew that something had to change in me, that I had to start lying to, stop lying to myself and start accepting what my reality was. And that included my limitations. And I will tell you, this is where God said, oh, in your goodness, I'm gonna show you exactly how to do this. Yeah, and here's the great news about our God. He does, uh, he shows us. Um, he shows us what to do with the limits with the things we think are holding us back. And he does it. <laughs> People joke all the time because I talk about this guy named Paul all the time because Paul wrote about half of what we call the New Testament. And he teaches us how to deal with this through Paul. Mm -hmm. um, specifically, in the second letter he wrote to the church in Corinth, Paul admits something in the letter. And he admits that he's struggling. Uh, and he's struggling with something Paul calls a thorn in the flesh. Mm. It's a thorn in his flesh. And that's all Paul says about it. Paul says, this is a struggle. We know from the context that Paul finds it limiting. Paul even in some way finds it debilitating. And, and there, there are two very clear contexts from um, the thorn in the flesh I want to make clear before we read about it. Um, number one is a very, very deep theological statement. Paul makes it very clear that it is not good. <laughs> Went to seminary for three years for that one, guys. <laughs> oh, but it's so true. It does not feel good. But here's also what Paul makes clear. It can be used for good. Yeah. This is the tension. This is the dynamic of being people created to be in relationship with a perfect God, but that exists currently in an imperfect world. Yeah. There will be things in our life that God never planned, God never intended, that are the results of our own sinful choices, the results of sinful choices of other people, the result of just living in a sinful world. They're not good. But what God teaches Paul and what Paul teaches us is that they can be used for good. Mm -hmm. These thorns, these limits, God can use them to change our lives. And so I just want to show you two, two verses from 2 Corinthians to show you what Paul did with his limit. Here's the cool thing. I forgot to say this. We don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. We don't know. He never says. Uh... New Testament scholars debate it. I don't know why, because they don't know, but they like to guess. But here's a really cool thing. I read, I was reading commentaries, and one of the commentators said this, and I love it so much. He says, he believes that the Holy Spirit led Paul to keep his personal struggle private, to give us permission to project our struggle onto Paul. 
to say whatever Paul was going through, I don't need to know, but I can identify because I have limits. I have struggles. I have things in my life I wish weren't there. And I want you to see what Paul does. Here's what he tells us. He says, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. This is Paul. And he said, hey, Jesus, please take this away. So here's what we're saying to you. These limits in your life, you're allowed to ask God to take them away. You're allowed to wish they weren't there. It doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you less of a Christian. That's what Paul did. But I want you to see God's response to Paul's request. This is what he says. Each time, he says, God will respond, my grace is all you need. Because my power works best in weakness. I don't want you to miss something. God said no. He said, no, Paul, I'm not taking this away. But here, here's what we know about Paul. God said no to Paul because Paul had decided something in his own strength about his limit. That's what you said earlier. I can't do blank until this is gone. Because Paul was trying to perform Paul was trying to achieve. And what Jesus was trying to teach him, and what I believe he tries to teach us through our limits, is that his power actually is made strongest and is made most prevalent, not when we overcome, but when we accept mm -hmm. and we trust. This is a limit in my life. This is the reality of the situation, Jesus, and I trust you in it because I believe when I am weak, you are strong. See, Paul thought he could not play the role God wanted him to play until he personally removed the limit. And what God was teaching Paul and us is actually I'm allowing that limit to remain in your life because what it's going to produce in you when you trust me with it is bigger and better and greater and more helpful to you and the world around you than anything you yourself personally can imagine achieving in your own strength. And so, the reality for us today is to simply go up 50 feet, look around, and it's not even admit your limits. You know what they are. And the reason we don't admit them is because we don't like to admit we can't do what we think we should do. And what I think we've learned in this season is that it's in the embracing and the admitting this exists that God is actually able to shine and yeah, to speak because and to it, change. In the, in the no, in God saying no, I didn't cause this, but I'm going to allow it. That's where I stayed frustrated. Instead of me being able to say, God, I accept it. Because I don't sit here today feeling like great all the time. 
I do have a great team of doctors. Thankfully, I found some, a team that works together, and I am regaining some of my health. Um, but I actually had a really rough week health-wise. I struggled big time this week, which required me to live out <laughs> in real time what we're talking about today, about how to handle the limitations. Because what I found in my life is like I wanted great things. I wanted to, to take the things that God had given me, my, the things that in my life that I, I wanted it to be great. I wanted to keep moving towards my power. My power was my performance and my achievement. And God was like, oh, you don't need great things. You need better things. You need to exchange the thought that great things were going to make you feel whole and like you had value. The better things I have planned for you are what going to bring you wholeness and value. And that is exactly what he's doing. He's taking these limitations I have, and he's helping me unlearn some really dangerous patterns I had in my life. He's also done one other thing that I think is super important for us. When we think about our limitations and we're looking at our life, it's that when you have, like for me, my, my specific limitation taught me that I only have so much to give every day. Do you know that? When you really are sitting in your life and you're looking at it, you only have so much to give every day. I have even less than some of you normal functioning people that I wish I could be. <laughs> don't be bitter. Don't be bitter. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be. But he taught me I had to go to him to set my pace. We can't take steps forward. We can't take next steps in our life until we're allowing God to set our pace. And if the way I said that slowly makes you want to itch, it's going to be difficult that he can do it. If that made you squirmy, that God sets our pace, let him do it. Let him use the limitations you have. Let them be a part of your story. Don't do what I did and fight him. Don't argue with God that this isn't good. When you accept them, he can turn them to good. Trace said at the beginning of this message that I kind of like interrupted him in prepping for this. Because we're gonna get the how to do this in a minute. But I, I, wanna, I wanted to be vulnerable with you today to say, I, I shared this part of my story not out of wanting to, but out of obedience. And this morning when I was preparing to get up here, and I was reflecting on the struggle, on how I fought the limits, on how I didn't trust God with the hardest parts of my life. And I saw what he's done. And for the first time, I was able to genuinely thank him. I am so grateful that I couldn't get out of bed because it took me not getting out of bed for him to get my attention and say, this is not what I had planned for you, my child. And when we push back, oh, it's all God, thank you. But when we push back on the limits and the things in our life we wanna ignore, he can't do that to us. 
So you gotta go. Okay, I gotta just <laughs> compose myself. <laughs> oh, so the heart of today in sharing this story is to make space for all of us to be honest with ourselves. To be honest with the limits in our life we don't like. Physical, mental, emotional, stuff we did, stuff that was done to us. The things we feel like are holding us back is to make the space for you to not only admit to yourselves and to Jesus, this is real, but to admit, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. So Jesus, I give this to you. What do you want me to do? What are you asking me to do? What are you teaching me? What are you trying to add to my life? What are you trying to remove to my life? Because we serve a God that raises the dead. If he wanted it gone, it'd be gone. And we serve a God who's constantly at work for our good. So if it's there, there is good to be found. And we believe today he can teach us how to find it. Yes, and one of the ways this happened for me, so the how in this, you, you, if you've had time today, you can go home and do it. You're honest with yourself. You're thinking about your limitations. God, I want you, I want you to turn this to good in my life. You have to get still. You have to slow down. You have to get still enough before God and ask him. Uh, mine specifically, he always brings this verse to me of my mind is be still and know that I am God. Psalm 40, the, the psalmist writes. Um, and I'll tell you, in case, I just wanna make sure everybody in the room understands this. <laughs> my stillness came from me laying there, yelling at God mentally, not out loud, because I was lying to everybody around me, so they didn't need to know this about me. Um, I'm so sick of being stuck. God, I can't move forward out of this. I can't make it better. I am stuck. I am stuck. I am stuck, and I am tired of it. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me, you are not stuck. You are still. And in the stillness, you can remember who your God is. You can remember how much he loves you and that he can turn every single thing happening in your life to good, no matter what it is. So we have to get still and in the stillness, we can hear God speak. Your limitation might not be my limitation. You might not have autoimmune diseases and chronic illness, and you're not having to navigate that part of your life. But whatever your limitation is, we have to get still enough before God. Even if you don't know him, he will answer you, because that's how good he is. You have to get still and say, I accept that this is part of my story. We have to accept our limitations. In the accepting, you are trading whatever you think, whatever we think our power is for God's strength. Because remember, his power is made perfect when we are weak. When we feel that limitation, when we feel that weight, when we feel that stuck, we can trade that for his strength. So we have to accept our limitations. Don't keep fighting them. They're gonna determine your next step. 
<laughs> They're gonna determine whose power you rely on in your next step. Because God doesn't want you to perform or achieve your steps. He wants you to live them with him in every single part of your story, even the ones we don't like. And after we accept our limitations, we really do need to embrace God's pace for what's next. Because there are a lot of times I cried out to God, will you please heal my body? Will you please give the doctors answers? We don't know what's wrong with me. I need answers to this, God. And it wasn't until I could embrace God's pace and accept it and then step where he wanted me to step <laughs> that it led me to the right doctors who could actually help me. And I'm so grateful for that. From this, when I sat down and I accepted limits, you know, when we do that, when we embrace God's pace for our life, I will tell you one of the things, because of my brain fog, um, because I have trouble concentrating, he had me actually make a list. Who are my list people in the room? You can raise your hand. Okay, so if it's not written down or on my phone, I won't remember to do it. So I apologize in advance if you're a part of my life and that's true. And, and he had me actually write down with my limitations, limited in, in energy, limited strength, limited ability to move throughout my day. I couldn't, I couldn't just spend my days how I wanted to. So I had to make a list of things that I would do every day. And I wanted to share my list with you today just to kind of give you an idea because it, it, it helps us know how we might want to embrace God's pace and step towards it where he wants to go. And Trey's gonna talk more about this, week, this next week. But I wanna highlight really quickly the first one, my relationship with God. Even if you don't know God personally in the room today, he loves you right where you are. But if you have been following him for a long time or just a little bit, do you, can you tell a difference in your day when you spend a little bit of time talking to God and then you say, all right, Jesus, let's get on with our day. You're coming with me. Versus, whew, I don't know what today holds. God, I need you to order every step for me. I've got to go to four doctor's appointments and I still wanna to try to be the active mom and, and good wife and, and the roles you've given me. I need you to order my steps. You know the difference between Jesus come with me, that pace, and Jesus order my steps. You walk in peace, that you're doing exactly what you need to do just for that day. And then I try to take my limited energy and I spend it towards these things. You do not have to keep the pace that you currently have. God doesn't necessarily want that for all of us, but he does want to be the person who speaks into it. So we can accept our limitations and we can embrace God's pace for our life. And I'm lost in my notes, so you've got to figure out what comes next. <laughs> I got you, babe. For most of us, we do the opposite. We run at our pace and we try to run through the limits. And so what today's an invitation to do is to flip that. With Jesus, accept our limits and embrace his pace. Because the vast majority of us, all he's trying to do is get us to slow down get us to create more space 
so that he can do the things he wants us he wants to do in our lives um, I like to think of it like building a fire a campfire a fire in your home if you ever build a fire you know you can't just stack all the logs up on top of each other completely stacked together and hope it lights it doesn't because a fire needs three things it needs a spark it needs fuel and it needs air it needs oxygen that's why you have to space the logs out that's why you have to stack them just so so that there's enough oxygen to get to the flame to allow it to burn bright That's our Heavenly Father's plan for your life, for your family, for your soul. Is that what He's doing inside of you, He wants it to burn bright. And when we don't accept our limits and we don't embrace God's pace, we just think the problem is we need more fuel. And so we add more logs and we add more steps and more steps. And I just got to push through and I just got to overcome and I just got to work harder and I just got to try more. And if I just get to this place, then dot, dot, dot. And the more stuff we add, the more the fire is quenched. Because we didn't need more stuff. We need more space. We need more room. God's Holy Spirit to speak and to move and to grow and to be the fuel for what He wants in our lives. And we will only get there when we are honest with ourselves and our Savior. These are my limits, God. These are the things I can't overcome. I trust you. Show me where to step. Show me where to move. Show me what you want to do in my life. And I am convinced that this is the next step for every single one of us in this room. And as your church, we are here to help. You have a connection card you can fill out and let us know where you're struggling. You can come to the Blue Room. And we've got three more weeks of this series. Next week, we're going to pick back up we're going to talk about some non-negotiables of following Jesus. Some things, some practices that from the very beginning he said, you're going to follow me, this should be a part of your life. So it's going to be easier for us to evaluate what's in, what's out, evaluate the limits. And so that's where we're going. But but for today, don't, don't miss this. Don't move past this moment. Don't leave here and think, boy, that was a great truth for her because here's what we've learned through 20 years in ministry God never teaches us anything that's just for us ever he teaches us because he's called us to lead this church and so as he teaches us it is our privilege to share it with you and so we share with you today this is a place that will respect your limits. This is a place that will encourage you to embrace and accept your limits. Because we know it's only in doing that 
that you can walk at God's pace, the pace that is best for you, your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. So feel safe today. Accept your limits and embrace God's pace for your life. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you so much. And we are so, so, so grateful to you for your patience, for your kindness, for your mercy. And God, I just I just pray for all of us in the room, everyone online that, that are still sitting here wrestling wanting to push back on the thorn, wanting to push back on the limits, wishing it was gone. Father, can you give us the clarity today to see that embracing that limit might be the thing that sets us free? God, can you remind us that when you see that limit, it's not stopping us from doing anything you want us to do? God, can you give us the confidence that that, that you can move in us to accomplish exactly what you want to accomplish through us. So we have permission to accept our limits. We have permission to embrace your pace. Father, you think that is the next step for all of us in the room. So Father, give us clarity, give us courage as we follow you. We love you. We thank you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.